We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle podcast. It's the aftermath episode. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. He is the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we're seeing a lot of, we're seeing apathy prevail now in Broncos country, by and large. What's your message to those fans who are succumbing to this wave of, I don't, I just can't care anymore? I hope the Walton Penner family isn't listening because my message is I don't blame you at all for being apathetic. There's nothing to be angry about when it's the same movie on the same day every week for five years. I mean, most of us could have saw this loss of the Jets coming. It's why I predicted a loss in, in the roundtable. It's just one of those seasons for one reason or another. And you talk about apathy. How about fans walking out of the game in a one-possession game in the fourth quarter, early in the fourth quarter, not just the last couple minutes of the game, fans don't care anymore. They're not going to show up, pay their hard-earned money, give their energy, investment, and time to on a Sunday afternoon to a team that scores one touchdown and has scored 16 or points in six of their seven games. It's incompetence on a level that I can't even comprehend, and it's the reason why yesterday, Chad, for the first time in many years doing this with you, I was tongue-tied. Yeah. as to how to describe the Broncos season. There's no words left anymore. I hit that wall the previous loss. All right, The Colts loss is where I kind of hit that wall, and my brain kind of short-circuited. It's like, how many – How I, I kind of put myself in Nathaniel Hackett's shoes in a sense. Diamond, we're going to answer where we go from here. Hang tight, my, my dog. Uh, like, if you listen to Hackett yesterday, Zach, post-game, or even today, he's like, he's out of answers. He's He's tired of saying the same things over and over again because – he doesn't have the solution, so he just has to keep saying the same thing. Oh, no, we're, we're constantly evaluating uh, accountability. Uh, uh, he's out of things to say, and for a moment, I hit that wall. I was like, after the Colts loss, I was like tongue-tied. You know, I was uh, apoplectic is another word to describe it. I didn't know whether to uh, use the restroom or go blind. You know what I'm saying? But, Zach, where do the Broncos go from here? All right, Diamond Rattler wants to know what sliver of hope is there. That doesn't necessarily mean – it doesn't necessarily need to be part of the answer here. I'm not necessarily even saying there's hope, but where do the Broncos go from here? Well, the sliver of hope lies with the defense and a zero Evero. And game in and game out, they're busting their asses, keeping the Broncos in contention, only for the offense to squander it. And even with all the injuries mounting – uh, Evero will keep his unit in tip-top shape. So the Broncos should be in most games, even maybe against the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, you you take stock of where the Broncos are right now. You have the come-to-Jesus moment with yourself about this team, Chad. They're 2-5, and five, and they're four-and-a-half-point underdogs in London to the Jaguars. The Jaguars. The 2-5 and five Jaguars. This is where the Broncos are right now. So I think they're hitting rock bottom when you're four and a half point dogs to the Jaguars, but you can always keep drilling through that rock and going lower. And I'll tell you what, if they lose to the Jaguars, they will keep 
going lower. And at that point, heads need to roll. There is someone that should fall on the sword. Not saying any names, but I'm looking in Hackett's direction. Dylan, appreciate you uh, helping us to remember to tell people. Make sure you like the video, guys. Small thing you can do to help us out. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, even if you can't be here for the entire episode, a like goes a long way toward helping us out. Elena, what's going on? Thank you for the early love, my friend. We do appreciate it. I saw a uh, message, but now it, it skipped over here from Michaela Israel, who we got a chance to hang out with just a few weeks back, Zach, saying that uh, word on the street, I think KOA, something like that, saying, hey, if the Broncos failed to launch against the Jags, and then I think there's the one more game, and then the bye, or is it Jags and then the bye? Jags and then the bye. Right. But if this is another big snafu on the on the road across abroad, right, across the pond, that the new ownership group who has no – that this isn't their guy, right, that they could fire – they could strong-arm George Payton to fire Nathaniel Hackett at the bye. Yeah, there's got to be someone who's held accountable. And, we, you know, it's funny that, you know, Albright reported that. I want to give him credit for putting it out there today. But we talked about it after the game on the Gut Reaction podcast last night. And I said specifically, this is a family-oriented business. And the key word there is business that spent $4.5 billion with a B dollars for this franchise. They have no investments in George Payton, no investments in Nathaniel Hackett, and no investments in Russell Wilson. They just use their money to pay Russ that massive contract. But it's a production-based business, as you know, Chad. The NFL stands for not for long. You either win or go home. I don't know how many more cliches I have to pull out, but you can guarantee. And as you talked about, Chad, when they had their intro press conference, what the Walton Penner family said about that is they're under an obligation to win. And they're going to be judged on the merits of winning and losing. So whether it's, I think it's going to be Hackett. It won't be Peyton. That's a little extreme, but there's going to be someone that pays. If the Broncos fall to two and six, another prime time, so to speak, opportunity, another game for them where everyone's watching, they lose five straight. You lose to the Jaguars. How could anyone in power survive that? We will answer that question, but first we got to say hello to the presenting sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, and that is, of course, NordVPN, because Broncos country, if you're like us, all right, you're increasingly getting more concerned and alarmed about cybercrime and people thieving your private data and invading your privacy. I'm not the most tech-savvy cat under the sun. That's why I'm using NordVPN on all my browsers, whether it's desktop, tablet, laptop, phone. And that stands for, by the way, VPN, Virtual Private Network, all right? NordVPN, what it does, protects you as a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. And it's very, very easy to use. You don't need a degree from MIT to make it work, all right? And it's just intuitive. With my NordVPN account, I can have up to six devices connected and protected. I no longer have to worry about the hackers, the malicious sites, pop-ups right the incessant pop-ups so for the price of a single cup of coffee per month i have complete peace of mind knowing that my data my devices are protected plus you can change your geolocation and get out of market games on your streaming services dope yeah all really good stuff broncos country grab your exclusive nordvpn deal by going to nordvpn.com slash mhh to get a huge discount off your nordvpn plan and four months for free it's completely risk-free with nord's 30-day money-back guarantee again that's nordvpn.com slash mhh to get four months for absolutely free link in the description we also just dropped it in the chat appreciate nordvpn supporting Mile High Huddle podcast. Jetty Splash wants to know real quick, Zach, any word on Wilson's hamstring? Well, the uh, Broncos, shocker, they're evaluating. He's taking the trip. He's, he's going with them to the UK. Uh, I'd be surprised with Hackett's job basically on the line now. I mean, think about it. Right. How bad do you have to be, Zach, as a team and as a first-year head coach to be – not just on the hot seat, but like people expecting you to be fired at your buy of your first year. Like it's nearly unprecedented. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It reminds me of Friday. You know, how are you going to get fired on your day off? And that could definitely ha- happen to Nathaniel Hackett. And honestly, if they're going to fire him at the end of the year in a two and six after losing five straight, you probably will. Why not just rip the bandaid off? Admit you made the wrong hire. Get an interim guy in there like Kubiak, Evero, even Rossberg, and then go big game hunting for Sean Payton or somebody else in the offseason. But someone has to be held to account, like I mentioned. And you can't make that trade. I don't fault George Payton for this. I mean, I agree with the decisions he made. That's why I don't think I want to get rid of him just yet, despite the fan outcry. It's Hackett that couldn't get more out of this roster. And it's not just at quarterback with Russell Wilson. It's the fact that none of the players are disciplined. They never want to play up for their head coach. They look like they don't want to be out there. The same issues that plague the Broncos in the VJ years, the Vic years are coming out again in the Hackett years. And that says to me, they just don't have the right coach in the position. Agreed. Antonio, what's up, big dog? Thank you for that super chat, my friend. He says, what's up, guys? As Emmanuel Sanders would say, we are in a world of suck. Antonio, seriously, dude, let me give you some some props here because you've been with us a long time. You got a cute little doggy, or as my little son Theo would say, goggy. All right, you have a cute goggy in your profile pic, and you support the MHH pod. Much love and respect. Yeah, dude, this is where we're at, gang. We're we're talking about the Broncos firing a head coach. See, I'm not quite ready, though, Zach, to absolve George Payton of uh, complicity here in this two and five start because I get it. Like you said, on one hand, hey, do something different. The last two hires were defensive minded guys, first time defensive minded head coaches. Didn't go well. Let's flip the script and go offense. Well, you look at the final three, at least reportedly, the final three guys that it came down to, the job, Hackett, uh, Kevin O'Connell, Dan Quinn, two of those three were offensive-minded head coaching candidates. And clearly, at least right now anyway, Zach, it really looks like George Payton, who wasn't the only one making the decision, by the way. Uh, PRs are Patrick Smythe was involved in that decision. The brass above, the as far as the executive mm-hmm. stuff, uh, guys on the business side like Joe Ellis, they had to rubber stamp that. Elway was a consultant. Like he was sitting in on those conversations. We got to assume he rubber stamped it to, on some level. I mean, we don't know that for sure, but we got to assume that as uh, a guy that was involved in every one of those uh, sit downs, those interviews. But I know that what's happening right now, as far as the day to day stuff, it's not Peyton out there not making the right calls to in the headset. It's not Peyton out there you know, not fighting for the catch in the end zone, Cortland Sutton, but he's the guy that put that coach in position. So in that sense, I can understand why I don't think it's, I think you would be unwise to fire George Payton. All right. For what it's worth. I think George Payton is a, uh, one of the uh, gems of the NFL front office landscape. You don't want to, you don't want to lose that, but the Waltons, Hey, these guys are like hardcore grizzled capitalists. And as a grizzled, hardcore capitalist, it's black and white. Do you produce? Do you produce? Do you step up to the plate? And so I'd be really curious to see what their influence on things, Zach, what kind of head coach would get hired as far as competency, force to be reckoned with, 
all that. You are right about black and white when it comes to people like that who, you know, they made their billions and they didn't do it coincidentally. They did it because they made no. tough business decisions. And this yep. could be one of them with your coach. But I'll agree with you that hiring the wrong coach, if they do end up firing Hackett, that'd be an admission of that, would be a black mark on Peyton's resume. But it's not a fireable offense for George Payton, in my opinion. He's done so much more good than bad with this franchise, his drafting, Chad, his scouting, just the way he helped restore them, if temporarily, back to normalcy and relevancy and not the laughingstock they've since re-become. So I don't know that it would fall that far up the chain of command where Payton would get axed, but I laugh when you said that because I can't believe after Peyton was a savior six months mm -hmm. ago, literally a deity, and it's October 24th, and we're even discussing the possibility of the Broncos firing George Peyton. It's it's a sad state of affairs. I don't know how many more times I can say that, but it's just it's miserable right now. Right back at you, Dave. Good to see you, buddy. Micklerath. Um, Miguel, appreciate the stars, big dog. Those of you who take time and trust and support us with Super Chats and stars on Facebook – I hope you guys know that it really does keep the lights on here at MHH and what we're doing. And Zach and I, like, we don't take that for granted. It's very important to us. All right. And we love you big time. All right. Like Miguel, he says, if Hackett's gone after the London game, would you trust Justin Outen or Gary Kubiak to call plays to set uh, Wilson up to succeed? Zach, who would you want to see there as kind of the new brain trust brain child, I should say, of the offense? I, I'd rather have Russ call his own plays if the choices are Justin Outen, who, by the way, to me, is a waste of space in Dove Valley. I don't know what he does. If he helps with the game planning, it's not working. He's not calling the plays. So he was hired because he was Hackett's boy in Green Bay. Kubiak, there's a reason why the Vikings offense looks so much better uh, with Kirk Cousins under Kevin O'Connell than it did under Kubiak. I guess I would choose Kubiak, but the other question becomes – is Russell Wilson the problem? I don't believe he is, but if he turns out to be a lemon or damaged goods, if he can't get to, can't get over the injury, it doesn't matter who's calling the plays. He'll have to set up Brett Rippon for success or Josh Johnson for success. So that's why the injuries are becoming a point of no return for this Broncos team. It's, it gets to be where they lose a starter every week. And you just can't fill the winning team with those kind of circumstances. Cody Dub, thank you for that super chat, big dog. He says, Evero, hashtag Evero for for coach wouldn't surprise me Zach I mean if we're going to just base it entirely on which of the top level coaches on this staff has shown the most competency well obviously clearly that would be a zero ever although he's not without blemish either Zach I mean I agree with Eric Trickle on this front in fact when I was copy editing his grades piece today and this is the first year he's included coach coaches in his uh, game by game grades and with Evero, it wasn't the greatest even though the defense was obviously the, uh, you know, the tip of the spear once again for the Broncos, but you know, just lapses at the wrong points, tackling, not good, right? That's been the the biggest thing for Evero as far as if you're picking nits. The biggest problem has been the Broncos are not good at tackling consistently. If they could clean that up, they would be an even smothering defense. But I'm digressing here, Zach. If you had to go to an interim. I think Evero is the guy that kind of has shown the most moxie and competency to justify that. I think the the tackling issue, which is true and very apparent, is more of a personnel thing because the same people missing tackles this season were missing tackles under Vic Fangio. I'm talking about Simmons and Kareem Jackson. And to Evero's credit, you know, they had one bad play against the Jets, that long Brees Hall touchdown. But when they're on the field every five minutes, Chad, and they're still forcing three and outs, they're getting the offense, the ball back. You can't ask for more from a first-year coordinator. And who is he without? His inside linebacker, Josie Jewell, edge player, uh, Randy Gregory, Ronald Darby at cornerback, Hayden Stearns at safety. You're missing some heavy hitters on there, and no you're doubt. still making hay. And you're still top 10 in most categories. The thing about making Evero the interim, I don't know that I want to, and I saw Dylan point this out, which is true. I don't want to take his focus away from the defense. I want to let mm. him do what he's doing there and not fix uh, what's not broken. But if it makes uh, Evero more inclined to stick around in Denver or if they have to sweeten his contract, a la Dallas and Dan Quinn, I'm okay for that. If there's one guy they should be looking to harness for the future and not let go, it's a zero Evero. Everyone else to me is, is fair game. I love his coverage concepts, the way he mixes things up, and I love his pressure packages. Same. Golly, dude. Same. I love it. I haven't it hasn't been that consistent and impressive since Wade Phillips. Montana. 
Montana Altitude in the house with a super chat. That's a newer name, Zach. So, welcome. Montana, welcome to the manger. We appreciate you. Make sure you connect with Zach and myself on Twitter after the show because we like to shout out each and every super chat superstars. We like to call people who support us on YouTube and stars with a uh, special kind of flexing tweet. So, Montana says here, Zach, we must concentrate on the O line. We have the running backs need to change the mindset of the team, and that starts with the coach. Appreciate you guys big time. Right back at you, brother. Yeah, the OL took another blow. This is a good time to segue to the injuries. You know, you brought up the fact, hey, you can't keep going every game losing starters. I mean, it's literally been this year. If we pulled up the schedule, we could go through and tell you after in each game who was lost, most of which for the season, if not many, many weeks. But the Broncos are going to be without, you ready, two starters for the few in the next few weeks. We'll see. Baron Browning, rush linebacker. He's going to be out with the – was it an ankle, I think, Zach, if I want, I want to say? He's out for I think a, a couple of weeks. Hip? Okay, he got so a strained hip. You probably won't see him till after the bye. Cam Fleming, your new starting left tackle, probably won't see him till after the bye. And then Mike Boone going down probably won't see him till after the bye so zach that precipitated of course the broncos having to go out and find a running back that they did sign off the niners practice squad i'll let you break that down because you had the article for us at mhh yeah real quick though just make it you know uh more apparent how badly the broncos are beat up right now i tweeted about it earlier they could face the jaguars in london without their get ready for this list quarterback one rb1 rb3 wide receiver two Left tackle one, left tackle two, OLB two, OLB three, inside linebacker one, cornerback two, and safety three. How do you expect? I mean, this is not yeah. to absolve Nathaniel Hackett or anybody else, but the injuries are way too much for the Broncos to overcome. That's a team right yeah. now that's either on IR or hurt to some degree. But yeah, we'll talk about Marlon Mack. He's the new uh, third running back with Mike Boone down for at least four weeks because Boone went on injured reserve. Mack was a 2017 fourth-round pick. He spent his first five years in Indy. He had a little under 2,500 rushing yards and 20 touchdowns, averaged 4.4 yards per carry across his career. He was actually called up to the Niners' active roster before the Broncos game on September 25th. Didn't have a carry, but... Uh, when you're this, when you're two and five and you're beat up and it's October 24th, I guess it's a good RB three to have, but I'll tell you one thing, Chad, not to make it too irrelevant. I still cringe every time Melvin Gordon handles the ball and his three yards of carry, even though he goes down after three yards, I still, I tighten up a little bit whenever he has the oh, ball yeah. in his hands. I hope they can go with Murray on a more consistent basis. As you write, Mac, the second running back to join the Broncos this month course joining latavius murray whoo yeah it's uh you know nathaniel hackett i'll paraphrase what he said when he was asked he was he was asked this question as almost a test to see if he would latch onto this as like oh thank you you threw me a freaking life preserver here excuse right to hang his hat on hey coach you've had all these losses uh, on the personnel side that's got to be a big reason why you got why y'all suck right i'm paraphrasing the question as well as you can probably tell uh and he was something effective in the league. It was funny, Zach, because, he, you know what, I'm going to pull it up. He said, in the league, there are no excuses. Everyone has to deal with injuries. Um, and then he went on and kind of explained, yeah, you know, uh, here, here's what he said, quote, how, on how the number of injuries have impacted the team. Quote, there are no excuses for losing a football game. doesn't matter who's out there. We have to play at high caliber and we have to win. We have had a lot of injuries. That is the facts and reality, both season-ending and a couple of weak injuries here and there. But we have to be sure we're getting all the guys ready to be able to get out on that field and play at a high level. But it affects different things from how you scheme things. See, here comes the – but here's how it is affecting us. It affects different things from how you scheme, how you do different things to different things you might want to do. But in the end, that's part of the game. It happens across the league – there's a lot of injuries going on, and we have a lot of them, but we still have to find a way to win. So on one hand, Zach, yes, he's saying no excuses, but on the other, he's saying here's how it affects you. Well, it's like, well, no kidding, but like at a certain point, if you're Nathaniel Hackett, you know what I could see happening here, Zach, is if the Broncos' new ownership does step in and says to George Payton, sorry, dude, you're, you're being uh, usurped here. 
Hackett's gonzo. I could see within about a week of that happening, a bunch of little birdies out there chirping about what was going on behind closed doors with Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett. So the Broncos have to factor that into the calculus here too. Do they want, they, you know, he will, I mean, they sign uh, non-disclosures and things like that, but there's plausible deniability when a source reports this, Hey, it was a source close to Nathaniel Hackett. Da, 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 da. It's like, Hey, I didn't say anything, prove that I said something. And then you can sue me in court. It's almost like Hackett is saying that he's not good enough or should be better at getting the Broncos up for games and then giving a built-in excuse why he hasn't been better. And that's the injuries. And there is some truth to that. You know, when you're starting quarterbacks out, running back, and I went down the list, it's tough for any coach to win any game. But when you have coaches out there like, you know, Brian Dayball making hay with Daniel Jones or Bill Belichick with with, uh, Bailey Zappi, you can expect reasonably a decent, competent coach to get one touchdown out of the quarterback that you prepped the entire week for with Brett Rippon. But unfortunately, the emperor has no clothes. David Wilder, appreciate you, bro. He says, I think there's a real possibility Hackett is gone after London. We shall see. Zach, here's a question from Ryan Thompson. By the way, one of my best friends in the world is named Ryan Thompson. We go back many, many moons. So I'll, I'll take that as a silver lining uh, star's kind of lining up for us here, Ryan. Welcome to the manger. We appreciate you. He wants to know, if Hackett is let go, who do you think would be a good fit for the Broncos? Do you think the coordinator, Evero, would be a good fit or someone with experience? So first things first, Ryan, you got to understand, if the Broncos fire Nathaniel Hackett, there's no savior coming in from outside the organization during the season. All right, so they'll install one of the assistants as interim and then start looking to hire a permanent replacement to be announced at the end of the season. So with that laid out, Zach, who would be a good fit for this team if the Broncos find themselves with a coaching vacancy in the not-too-distant future? Well, internally, you know, the obvious choice is Azuro Evero, but as a first-time coordinator who's really humming with the defense right now, I don't think George Payton would uh, disturb that situation. I think, honestly, Dom Capers, the senior coordinator, uh, defensive consultant doesn't he have head coaching experience he does but he's old dude he's all he's gonna do is stand there like Vic Fangio put his arms uh crossed like that and they'll be fine but they just need someone to write the ship for however many games they have left without their uh head coach I don't know outside the organization other than Sean Payton who's the big name and the Saints hold his uh contractual rights the Broncos have no capital to trade for Sean Payton. I don't know who they go after. Uh, would another first-time head coach make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, that, the Kellen done that Moore, three Brian times Callahan. In a row. Yeah, yeah, three strikes are out. But if you go for a uh, uh, retread, who else is going to be out there? Dan Quinn? Do you want a defensive guy at the hell? It's a tough situation, man. Well, what did you and I say about Dan Quinn? He wasn't our first choice, but what did we say? If the Broncos hire him, we don't hate it. There's a lot to like about Quinn. But if they hire him, he just has Gotta to get, get, get that coordinator right. right. Yeah. Uh, and that would be the case. Uh, Cristiano. Oh, by the way, I want to say Capers is the only head coach in NFL history. I'm trying to remember the bio. He was the expansion head coach for the Panthers when they debuted and the expansion head coach for the Texans, if I'm not mistaken, in 02. And he has that special distinction on his resume. Perfect. Vic Fangio, Sign him up. <laughs> Vic Fangio. You know, he was one of Fangio's mentors for what it's worth. Cristiano down in Brazil, throwing down some some super chat. For the priests here, we appreciate it, buddy. He says Hackett could be out at the bye if the Broncos fall to two and six, and he doesn't relinquish play calling and shake up the offensive staff. Peyton must justify his position. Problem is, Zach, you can relinquish play calling duties, but who are you going to fire? You can't fire Justin Outen, who doesn't call plays. So I don't really see a – if there's going to be a scapegoat here, the scapegoat is Nathaniel Hackett's play calling uh, privileges. Yeah, but isn't that an admission if he gives that up that I'm just not right for the job? They hired him to call plays and be the OC along with the head coach. You take away his play calling duties. What does he really do? He's not a master motivator. He's not a tactician, it seems like, Chad. He's still way green uh, for the job. Some guys are just better off as assistants than head coaches, just like Wade Phillips. And Nathaniel Hackett might fall into that bucket. We've got the man, the myth, the legend the man who fathered me into the world jumping in to say <laughs> no hope for Hackett. Hey, thanks for, uh, for joining us. Pop. Appreciate you. Dad. I will verify that he is a legend with a capital L. <laughs> Good to see you, Mr. Jensen. Flat earth, uh, Trini in the house. What's up, buddy? Welcome. Thank you. 
connect with us on Twitter so that we can shout you out, give you a flex after this stream. He says, this realistically cannot be salvageable for at least two reasons. A rebuild is inevitable. How do you – let me ask you this, Zach. Can you call it a rebuild if you have a, a veteran quarterback and you're locked into him as the starter for three or four years? Like, is that, Could you still consider that a rebuild? Because I think NFL rebuild is synonymous with starting over at quarterback too. I think I'm going to quote VJ here. It might be the only time I ever do that and say it's a reboot, not a rebuild. You you have your, your franchise quarterback or, or supposed to be franchise quarterback locked up. And like Chad said, when you go through a rebuild, it's because you're looking for a quarterback and you don't have that guy on the roster. I don't know. I mean, I don't even believe in rebuild so much. This isn't the 1990s NFL. You can rebuild in one offseason if you have the right people in place. And the Broncos try to do just that. They went from being a pretender to a would-be contender. Now they're back to being pretenders because they don't have the right people in place. But if they get the head coaching hire correct, whoever it may be, to succeed Hackett, they can be a 10-11 win team. I firmly believe that still. Montana with Super Chat number two tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Big dog. Uh, draft and develop the O-line, hashtag MHH for life. Appreciate that, Montana. Yeah, that that was a big thing we scratched our heads over this whole offseason was, hey, great, you went and got a cue, but, like, how are you going to protect this dude? Um, Andrew Baker, good to see you, bro. He says, I know we feel uh, I know we feel took as fans, but this wasn't going to be a Super Bowl year. It's just nobody thought it would be this bad. Yeah, that's the thing is, like, when reality hits home, Zach, you're a week three and you narrowly edge by the Niners. You get to week four and you're losing. Now you're on a four-game losing streak. But about that week four, week five mark, fans start going, well, you know, I was hoping Super Bowl, but, hey, playoffs are still on the table. Now it's like, yo, nobody foresaw that this team would become national lampoon like the worst most goofed on memed clowned product in the nfl that's just beyond the pale you know broncos fans if they it's one thing to sit here and swallow losses week after week but when your team becomes a meme that's where fans are like fit to be tied yeah, the, the Broncos, <clears throat> excuse me, the Broncos are the new Browns now, pretty much. And in, in, in outside fans and analysts' eyes, that's the sad part. Um, I, I was telling somebody this earlier, you know, I, I, we've been through a lot, Chet, on this podcast and in my time covering the Broncos. No time in the last six months did it ever cross my mind that it would be just another same old Broncos season. Another, they'd be two and five right now on October 24th. It's just... It's stunning to me. It it literally just leaves me with no words that we're sitting here in another year, another season, another podcast, saying the same thing and talking about the same thing. Do they have the quarterback? Do they have the head coach? It is completely surreal to me in the worst way possible. Especially when they moved the mountains they did to get Russell Wilson and they made the tough decision. It's never an easy decision to fire a head coach, you know, especially one that he really did seem to have a little bit of a bond, George Payton, with Vic Fangio, and they made that tough decision. They go out and they hire a young, exciting guy, and and this is what you get. Like, no one expected it. And, I mean, the closest thing we got to anybody predicting this, Zach, was Peter King saying, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, and I'll probably live to regret this, but I just don't see it this year for Denver. Like, that's the closest thing, really. No one no one with, like, legit pedigree, Zach, and legit uh credibility was saying the Broncos are going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Nobody said that. So this don't let anyone uh, gaslight you into thinking, "Ah, I saw this coming all along. Like even the, you know, the most bitter chiefs fan out there that might tell you that. No, this was beyond the pale. This was not something anybody foresaw. So that's why it's such a, uh, that's why it's such a unique situation, Zach, that might create or might trigger an unprecedented thing where, a first-year head coach is fired at his buy. It might happen. But Peter King also referred to Nathaniel Hackett as a football savant. So I think he got that one wrong as well. <laughs> you mentioned credibility. I guess that throws Nick right out the window. And, and you're correct then, yeah. Chad. No one really saw this coming. You and I both pegged the Broncos for at least 10 wins. I had them at 11-6. and six. I think you at one point went to 12-5. and five. A lot of people did. And, and quite frankly, if the team would have stayed healthy and Hackett would have been worth his salt as a head coach – they, they could have been that, but I, I had a bad feeling. You know what? It wasn't the Seattle game because Russ played pretty well despite the loss. It was week two. 
when they struggled at home against the Texans of all teams, Chad, and the, the fans were counting down the play clock and they couldn't field a punt returner, I started feeling to myself that maybe it's just one of those years once again. Mm-hmm. Sam Bam, what's going on, brother? Thank you for that very generous super chat, big dog. He says, I think we're at the point where we have to accept that this season is a loss. Wish we had a first-round pick, but I'm still optimistic about the future. It just needs better coaching and improved O-line. Well, see, that's part of the reason why we're all so surprised and why I was um, as as bullish on the Broncos as I was, Zach, as I'm going, hey, this, this Hackett cat, he might be an unknown quantity, right? He's a first-year guy. Hasn't called plays for the last three years. But if there's anything that we can count on, it's the fact that Russell Wilson is a nine-time Pro Bowler entering his 11th year. The teams he has quarterbacked have only missed the playoffs twice. Like, that's a pretty solid, a decade-long resume, Zach, with that level of accomplishment is a pretty solid footing with which to kind of build and project on, which makes Hackett's failure all the more complete and crushing. I mean, I, I'm going to be honest with you, Sam. I was about 60% out of the Broncos or out on the Broncos after the Raiders loss. I was 80 after the Chargers loss. And after the Jets loss yesterday, I'm 100%. It, it is going to be a wash. It's another one of those seasons where you have to look toward the future and on to 2023 and so on and so forth. Injuries ruin this team. Coaching ruin this team. And to an extent, because he's not blameless, Chad, Russell Wilson, the $250 million quarterback, ruined the Broncos' chances this year. He wasn't good enough. I agree. And what's ironic is he's probably the only hope they have of, of any salvaging of this season. And it's a slim one. If he has any magic left in that, what that the resume he brought to Denver, if he has any magic left in the arm and the legs and the between the ears, the entire package that is Russell Wilson, that's the only hope the Broncos have is that he comes back in healthier and, and lights a fire, you know, spark. Believe it when I see it though, David long time, reader and commenter of the website, longtime member of our community here at MHH. He's saying, Zach, no more rookie head coach. Who says Azuro Evro is qualified to be head coach? He's new DC for heaven's sake. Hey, you're right on that. Okay. But think about this, David. Okay. Who we're talking interim here. Neither Zach or myself are advocating if the Broncos fire hack it for Azuro Evro to necessarily be the permanent head coach, right? The hire that succeeds him. But if you look at what do you do at an interim level if you fire Hackett, Zach, who on this assistant staff outside of the aged Dom Capers, okay, 70-something years old. And this isn't a Pete Carroll 70-something. You know, this is like <laughs> legit old man 70-something. Who else has head coach? You got rid of Mike Munchak. He's gonzo. Uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through it. Justin out in the OC, no. Dwayne Stukes, the uh, special teams, no. Uh, Clint Kubiak, No. Butch Berry, no. Zach Azani, no. I forget who the tight ends coach is. Uh, defensive side, CP, no one. None of them have head coaching experience. So in that sense, bro, all I'm saying here, David, is it's it's a it's a, a less than ideal scenario. But whoever you tap, unless it's Dom Capers, they're going to be rookies, so to speak. Yeah, just for shiz and giggles, though, I'd love to have Bill Kalar as the interim, just to hear him curse about a hundred <laughs> yeah. times a game and scream at the players. At least bring some comedy. Dude, relief. and those post-game podiums would oh, be epic, those would be dude. Fire. Yeah. You know, though, David, to your point, there was a lot of people, uh, including myself at first, I don't know much about him, that said Evero wasn't qualified to be a DC. I mean, what was he before he came to Denver? He was a passing game coordinator under McVay, but you know what? You never know until you know, and the Broncos have something there with him, but like I said earlier, I don't want to take his focus away from the defense. I don't want to put too much on his plate, especially when the Broncos just failed at that that same very thing with Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, Naj, dude, you are a legend. Love you, big dog. Thank you for uh, just staying committed, being a part of our community. You're you're as dedicated and and optimistic a Broncos fan as that I've ever seen under the sun. We appreciate everything you bring to to the pod and to our community here at MHH. He says, football is supposed to be a stress reliever and fun. This has been the exact opposite. Stunning what's happened the last four weeks. The Walton Penner group has to be discussed. At this point, I just want to see any positives on offense. So what would a positive be, Zach? What would a and, – and I don't want to be too, like, cute here. What's some real positive steps forward offensively? I mean, steps they can take or glimpses we've already seen? Steps they can take. 
I just get the players that are performing the ball more. I'd like to see Jerry Judy build off the effort he had yesterday. I don't know if that's a Brett Rippon thing or not, but he's still pretty explosive with the ball in his hands. I'd like to see Greg Dulcich be featured as a staple in the intermediate passing attack. I was a not a Dulcich fan when he was drafted. Neither were you, Chad, if I remember correctly, in Vegas. And he's looking like he's the model of consistency in the future tight end one for Denver. So they could just get their playmakers the ball. KJ Hamler, if they keep him around too, I'd like to see him get the ball. I would like for the younger players to step up, get some playing time. I'd like to see if the season is a wash and you have nothing to play for and you go into developmental mode, get Luke Wattenberg some snaps. Get Natani Muti some snaps. See what you have in your younger linemen. You got to sit down, Lloyd Cushenberry. That that experiment has to be over at the bye. I get it. Short week turnaround, crossing the pond. They don't want to do it's. Hackett said today it's status quo on play calling. Any you know tectonic changes, it's status quo till they get through this Jags game. But Lloyd Cushenberry is a open wound and a liability. Phil McLaughlin, thank you for the stars, bro. He says, I can't figure out who would take over if Hackett's gone. I don't want Evero to have the additional responsibility. It's a dilemma. Also, did we pick someone up from the Niners? Yeah, hopefully you saw that, Phil. The Broncos signed running back Marlon Mack off the Niners practice squad. And when you scalp someone off another squad, you got it in season. It has to be onto your active roster. So he's signed to the active roster. Uh, Ed Keed, and there's an article up. Zach wrote all about it. Go check it out, milehighhuddle.com. Ed, love you, big dog. He says, after sleeping in yesterday, uh, Sleeping in yesterday's loss, uh, sleeping on yesterday's loss, I will still say Hackett needs to be fired, all caps. Peyton gets one more chance to hire the right head coach, DB for life. Do you think he does get the one more chance? I mean, these are pretty black and white uh, capitalists here when we talk about the Walton Penners. It depends if they have, if they take any sort of input from anyone of the football people around. George Payton. I mean, you mentioned the hiring group. If they go to Elway and get his opinion, anyone would tell you that George Payton has done a lot of good and he's a coveted executive for a reason. He would be the last one I fire or replace in this hierarchy. I don't put it too much on him. You know, I was going to say this earlier, Chad. I don't fault him so much for the Hackett hire looking back on it because he wanted a young, progressive, offensive-minded coach. I don't fault him for taking a swing on Russell Wilson And even to an extent, I don't fault him for um, the $250 million contract. It's the offensive line, not addressing that, not doing enough to protect your big investment. That's George Payton's biggest blemish. But his drafting, the the Broncos foundational players right now, either hurt or healthy, are all George Payton draft picks for the most part. So I would keep him in place. And if the Walton Penner family speaks to anyone, they would tell them that. But if they don't and they just become impulsive and they go on their own, pride, ego, confidence, whatever, then Peyton could also hit the bricks along with his head coach. Albert Knoppers, another legend, the lore this man has. I mean, you can pick him out of a crowd quite easily because he's, what is he, 6'7", or 6'7", yep. six, six, big, eight, tall, six, strong man, yep. and and very close to our hearts. We love you. Give our best to Michelle, big dog. Great to see you in the chat. Uh, Nacho, throwing down some big boy stars on Facebook. Thank, Thank you. you. Big dog. He says, evening priests, Broncos country. Aren't instances like this one, a ravaged team, no playoff hopes, etc., where real coaches show what they are about? Yeah. You know, Zach, it's funny because if the Broncos were to turn this around, all right, think about Kyle Shanahan's first year. I don't remember exactly how it shook out, uh, but I know it was a bad losing year. And, and Niners fans and media were like, you hired this dude? What a joke. Um, but he eventually turned it around and, and you know, he was a both head coach and GM, basically. He had personnel uh, privileges, final say, and all that stuff. It, it can happen. It can happen. Turnarounds have happened, all right? It's just that has this head coach shown you anything that would lead you to believe that could be around the bend in this instance? But here's the thing, though. We saw what the Broncos looked like under Hackett before all the injuries took effect. I mean, with the exception of Tim Patrick on on offense, but they weren't playing up to their level. And good coaches, you're right, can overcome that despite uh, the insurmountable odds you can make. Hey, I forget what year it was, 2017, 18, 19, whatever. Mike Tomlin won eight or nine games with Duck Hodges as his quarterback. You know, you have a lot of people. Look at Kevin Stefanski against the Broncos last year, starting Case Keenum and Dearness Johnson because his quarterback and running back were unavailable. That's two examples. And they beat the screws off the Broncos. If you're a good enough coach, you can scheme your way to victory, but Hackey can't scheme his way out of a paper bag. That's the problem. 
LD, I think we touched on this a little bit earlier, but he wants to know on Twitch if there's any specific head coach. Look, we try to get one Twitch per night, my friend. There's there's no one – my mind is so locked in on what's happening now. Like I want to see who gets fired, who's available, how the season takes shape. Um, I think right now I'd be leaning towards a retread of some sort. And if you're looking at retreads right now, the guy who would be most coveted is – is Dan Quinn, but that's not counting if something were to shake out differently, Zach, in New Orleans, if if he decides to uh, – Sean Payton, if he decides, ah, I want to coach again, then you got to figure out how to pay for the party, how to get him here because the Saints still own his rights. I can't think of another one. You know, and a, a good example of a retread coming in and kind of stabilizing things is the coach you'll see on the other sideline in London, and that's Doug Peterson. I know the Jaguars aren't great this year, but Trevor Lawrence looks a hell of a lot better under him than he did under Urban Meyer. Who else would there be? Bruce Arians? Is he healthy enough or interested enough to coach again next year? I don't know, but it seems like it's Sean Payton, Dan Quinn, or bust. And I'm leaning with you toward a retread, not a first-timer. Josh, the oi boy, now the boot boy 90, jumping in with the super. Good to see you, brother. says, I'm at the point where what I feel can't be put into words. I just hope for the best. Embrace the suck and wait for the MHH podcast. Go Broncos. Now, Josh is not saying that you that he's condoning the suck. He's just saying it is what it is. You know, you're gonna you can rage against the machine at a certain point. You know, it's like we we know we're all gonna die. No one likes that. No no one like loves that. But at a certain point, you go, hey, spades a spade. It is what it is. I'm not gonna let it ruin my life. I'm gonna enjoy life. As a Broncos fan, you go, look, it feels like I'm dead right now. But, hey, I'm not going to stop being a Broncos fan. I think that's what Josh is really trying to say here. I mean, I've been screaming at this this camera and through this microphone for five years now about the Broncos. Obviously, my my pain and, and, and my anger has no bearing on the team. So I agree with what Josh is saying there. If nothing we can do about it, that's why there's so much apathy taking hold in Broncos country, Chad, because the fans realize we're powerless against it. We can go pay our money. We can go give our time up, but they're going to do what they're going to do. And the results will be what they'll be. So I agree with the sentiment there, Josh. Good to see you, brother. Uh, Albert saying, Hey, John Fox might be available. You know, you want to talk about a retread. This, uh, this would be a guy on fourth swing, right? Cause Panthers, then Broncos, then Bears. So, but he's of course joking. So we feel you, big dog. Thank you, buddy. Um, what about okay. Mike Shanahan? Ooh. Now that Joe Ellis is out of the picture, you know, if I'm Mike Shanahan, I might not be that interested because I've been out of the league long enough that, and I'm and I'm named a finalist or a semifinalist, pardon me, for the Hall and all that stuff. Like I'm going, you know what? I've made all the money that, that there is for me to make in this world, and why do I want to put myself through that? I don't know. It's weird to me that he even was like interested a few years back when John Elway went knocking on that door the first uh, about this time of the VJ debut year. Was it him that the Broncos lost when he came back to the, the for some halftime ceremony? Was it him they lost the game last year with him in attendance? Yes. It was last year. They put him in the ring. The guy that brought you two Super Bowls and the winningest head coach in your freaking team's history who has not coached in the league since 2013, or was it 14? Either way, with the with Washington, okay? You wait till 2021 to put this man in the ring of fame? Shame on you. That's why he's not in the hall already, by the way. And I think we all kind of understand why that is. If you want to believe the... Um, it's pretty well documented, right? Joe Ellis, never a big fan of Mike Shanahan. They were like the, the right and the left hand of Pat Bolin, always at odds. And uh, anyway, Mike Shanahan, I'd love to see it. I wouldn't I wouldn't hate that, though, Zach. Uh, Jamie coming in here, he was asking earlier if I wanted Kellen, if I was advocating for Kellen Moore to be the head right. coach. And I, I was, and uh, uh, Dylan is as well, apparently. I still, I wouldn't hate it. I, I think he's very creative and he knows how to maximize his talent, but he gets a little too galaxy brained at times. He makes a little too uh too cutesy of play calls he's like rich scangarello on steroids so i don't know that he'd be cut out to be a head coach and i'm a little you know wary now chat three swings with a first timer do you really want to go back to that well and mark yes i'd have you as the oco <laughs> yeah put put jensen and give him the clipboard yeah 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 eddie vasquez what's up bro thank you for the super he says i'm poking in to say y'all rock thank you brother thank you very kind of you, you right rock, back eddie. at you 
Um, okay, we are at 46 minutes, so we got to start winding it down. We don't want to miss out on anybody. So uh, semi-rapid fire, not crazy rapid fire, but semi. Robert says through a super chat, thank you, bro. We can still make the playoffs at 12 and 5, right? LOL. True. Here, that's the thing is sometimes you, you don't know what when that straw breaks the camel's back, okay, in a good way. You don't know when and where that could happen. And I hate to always bring up the 2012 Broncos under Peyton, but with, with Peyton Manning, it wasn't looking good. They were two and three. It was either two and three or two and four at that Chargers game. And they were down 21 points going into halftime. And it was looking similar to this. Like the feeling people kind of had in their gut a little bit was like, ooh, man, what do we get ourselves into? Is this dude washed? And then from that second half on, dude, the Broncos did not look back. Zach, they won. That game was the first of 11 straight wins. All right. That's an outlier. You can't really point to outliers as like, here's what we hang our hat on. Okay, Tebow season. Tebow, and by the way, shout out to Lilo. I don't know if Lilo's here, but we, we missed your super chat last night, your second one. So shout out to you, big dog. But the Tebow season, all right? Broncos start, I want to say it was two and five, if not two and five, two and four. Another similarly bitter, bad start. They bench Kyle Orton, put in Tim Tebow, and they didn't go on an 11-game streak, but they did win. They won... They won the Miami game. Then they lost big time to the Packers or the, no Lions, one of the two. Anyway, then they went on a little bit of a run, won six, and then backed into the playoffs after win, uh, losing three in a row. But you never know. The spark, something had to change. And in that situation, Zach, it looked like a horrible team. Before Tim Tebow got put into the starting lineup, people around the league were saying, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Look at this roster. It's not that good, blah, 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 right? But then all of a sudden, Tim Tebow comes in. There's a little bit of a spark, and those players who weren't looking so good, weren't playing so well, those coaches who weren't looking so smart, all that stuff took on a completely different hue because of that spark. All right, could that happen? Could Russ come back and provide a spark? It could happen. You know, he is a future Hall of Fame candidate. It could happen. Just don't count on it. You know, don't hang your hat on it. I mean, I could stumble on a million dollars walking down the sidewalk. That could happen as well. <laughs> Anything is possible. I just don't see this Broncos team with this Broncos coach rattling off uh, an undefeated season from here on out. And my answer to this question is the NFL better look into flexing that week 14 matchup, Broncos and Kansas City, because right now mm -hmm. that would be a bloodbath that no one wants to see. No more primetime games for the Broncos. How about yeah, if they, if they don't turn it around, I think it's a near guarantee that game gets flexed. I mean, that, they – they hate to miss out on a Patrick Mahomes opportunity as far as national goes, but GLP it's the GLP throwing down a super chat on YouTube, a legendary figure. You want to talk about Lord, this man, I've seen how he gets down. This dude drove solo this man in his eighties, many miles from, from near the Arizona Mexico border for by himself. All right. To the MHH meet and greet to hang out with us. All right go to the game because he was one of the red carpet winners on the Facebook side and like hung like a pro, you know, he threw down, had a blast. We had a blast hanging with the GLP. So Gary, good to see you, brother. Thank you. G GLP is like blue from old school. And I mean that in the most complimentary way yes. possible. He's a really, really cool guy. Appreciate it. He probably has around. Gary, no idea what you're talking about, but those who know, they know no. you're, you're a legendary figure. Nacho bring Chad powers as quarterback. And, uh, Sean Payton is head coach. At least it would be fun. For real. Sam Bam. Oh, by the way. Well, I'll get that in a second. Sam Bam. We don't have Scott with us again today. Um, he's traveling. We're sending Scott across the pond. All right. He's he's going to, for the uh, Broncos-Jaguars game in London. And so there's some travel stuff happening right now. That's why you, haven't, you didn't see him last night. You didn't see him tonight. But he'll uh, he'll be back in the saddle soon. Sam Bam, thank you, bro. Number two tonight says, my honest prediction is that Hackett is the head coach the rest of the season. Black Monday is January 9th, 2023, so we'll see what happens then. Yeah, I mean, George Payton is the type of guy to write it out. It's a matter of, to me, Zach, what the owners want. Yeah, I mean, I still think that's the most realistic possibility. And as much as I say, you know, heads should roll if they lose to the Jaguars, those heads might be... Justin Alton or Butch Berry or Hackett's play calling privileges. There's going to be more scapegoats, I feel like, between now and the end of the season. But if they finish, let me do the math real quick six and 11 or five and 12, 
I, I don't know that you can justify keeping Hackett around. And at that point, Chad, the precedent is there to get rid of a head coach after one season. Doing so midseason, no precedent. And I don't think George Payton wants to set that with the eyes on him with the ownership that you mentioned. Well said. GLP with another – this is a super sticker, though, wow. throwing down big baller super Thank chat. You, Gary. Love you, Gary. You know what you mean to us, big dog. It's great to see you. We appreciate you. Hopefully you know acid this. hippo, too. Those who yeah. don't know. I wish it would resolve and show what the super sticker is through the streaming software we have to use, but we'll we'll say that as a little surprise for Zach and I later that we get to share amongst the, just the two of us. We'll go see what that st- super sticker is. Uh, Dylan, and by the way, we're at 52 minutes. We got a mosey here. Dylan says, should the Broncos make a call for Sean Payton for the next head coach? You know, we've touched on this quite a bit tonight. Um, it's just too early for that, I think, to be really on the table. Yeah, and the Saints still will hold his rights. Uh, so even if the Broncos want to go after Sean Payton, they have to cut him a serious blank check. But surrender capital, what capital do they have after the Russell Wilson trade? Unless New Orleans wants a quarterback, do they want a spicy quarterback? If so, get on the phone. Naj has a point here, Zach. When the MHH meet and greet is in attendance at the stadium Broncos undefeated he says we're two and oh at MHH meet and greets you brothers may have to do one every game next season I don't know man I don't know that and then take that would take some of the uh mystique away from the MHH meet and greet record though because you know no team's going undefeated and then the power of the mojo of MHH being in attendance might start losing some of its luster and you know maybe we just be a little more strategic we we like to do it earlier in the season because you can more count more on, you know, f- f- better weather. Um, it would be really a killer for people who make a bunch of plans to come in and see us. I mean, you saw, Naj, you know where you came from to be in Denver that night or that day. Uh, people traveling from all over the country and the world to come be a part of that meet and greet and then go to the game. And, you know, it could be like in 2015, for example, where it's a night game. And that game was uh, – um, Night game two, right? It was the Sunday night Niners game, right? So this this last MHH meet and greet could be like 2015 when Tom Brady came to town uh, and Brock Osweiler started the CJ Anderson overtime touchdown. You know, that was 18 degrees. I was there. It was a cold some, you know what? You couldn't tailgate. Nobody could tailgate. It was snowing hard and it was so cold. I mean, even the most diehard couldn't do it. Now, could you imagine if people flew in and dropped money and to, to be there and then you get weather like that, like, so that's why Zach and I, we, and we, we try and plan it earlier in the season where we can be a little more sure of the weather. And we needed every ounce of our juju to will the Broncos to a victory against the Niners, man. 11-10 final. Uh, that was a close one. Um, Dylan, again, so you got two supers in there. Thank you, buddy. But Sean Payton, we're all for it. It's just a matter of does he still want to coach and what are what will the Saints ask uh, to, to part with him as far as? The rights they own his rights okay i think we're clear here zach is there anything else that uh, we might have <laughs> i i got this from alessandro he wants to know about the danger witch sandwich and believe it or not alessandro because of how poorly received it was on social media subway discontinued that sandwich from their lineup you're not Louisiana much because Subway is actual trash, but yeah, you can't get that sandwich any longer sorry to break the bad news to you yeah i saw that that's some uh adding insult to injury for russell wilson my guest wants to know how much longer will Russell be out for. He Nathaniel Hackett says he's trending toward playing this week, but if this if the hamstring is even 90%, 85%, you would lean on one hand towards sitting him through the bye week, not playing him in London. But the other hand, Hackett has to win, and has he's to. under pressure to win. He said the heat's on. The heat's always on when you don't win. So uh, Russell Wilson is his ticket to winning his best chance, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's out there in London against the Jaguars. I'd be shocked if he's not, to be honest with you, because I'm not certain. This is just this is just me bearing uh bearing the depths of my um paranoid soul here, but I'm not sure he was as injured as would justify sitting up quarterback for a game like I think he was just in a funk and a and a slump and they wanted a reset. They wanted to kind of just hey take a break and then come back. And hopefully that that's just that's just me like the paranoid part of me saying, I don't know, dude playing through a torn shoulder, but the hammies, what keeps him out? I mean, anyway, we got to go. I just want to leave with this message, Zach, and then you do our rundown. He says, Marcus, 
I still have faith. Russ will turn this around and take control of the offense, and we will win 10 out of 11. Then a little luck gets us in the playoffs. Let's ride. A little positivity here, Zach, to end tonight's live stream podcast. We hope you're right, Marcus. We really do hope you're right, Big Dog. And if you want to uh, understand what good coaching looks like, you might hate him, but watch Bill Belichick. Once again, Bailey Zappi is cooking for the Patriots in prime time this evening. But that's going to do it for the MHH podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the MHH pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and our traveling producer, Scott, at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like you see us rocking right now, go to huddleuppod.com and get your merch on. And don't forget about facebook.com slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. If you haven't, guys and gals, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please, as you see ticking below you, sub, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos country just like you. Amen. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook. Nacho throwing down. Phil. Lena, David Wilder, Andrew Baker, Miguel, thank you. Love you. On on uh, YouTube, our Super Chat superstars tonight, starting with Antonio, Cody, Montana, Cristiano. Oh, we missed this uh, Flat Earth. No, no, we got Flat Earth Trini. Um, Sam Bam, Naj, Edward, Josh, Chaos Josh, uh, a.k.a. Boot Boy 90, Eddie, Robert, GLP, Dylan, love you. Seriously, thank you guys. Uh, keep your chin up. We'll be here to break it all down. We'll all suffer together, but we'll do it as a collective, and we'll get through this. Enjoy the uh, the middle of your week, and Zach and I will see you Thursday night. Yeah, real quick, Jay, I wants to know what happened to Michael <laughs> Useless Ojemudia. Michael Ojemudia was, in fact, is, in fact, useless, so mm-hmm. that's the deal with him, but that's going to do it for us, guys. Have a great start to your week, as Chad said. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.